0: So the number one use case on our platform is attribution. It's 80 to 90% of the usage of our platform, to be honest. Well, 80 to 90% of like, the, the brands on our platform are using that use case. A lot of them also have other use cases they're, they're addressing too, but um, I would say that almost all the brands that use our product are, are, doing, are addressing attribution in some form or another.
1: Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Ecommerce Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And I am super excited about today's guest and today's topic. This is one of those guests that I met on LinkedIn. I started following this guy's content. A lot of my friends were commenting on his posts. And I'm like, this is a super smart dude. So we connected and then we were talking like, how how do we not know each other already? And so uh, delighted to welcome to the show, Jeremiah Prummer. Jeremiah, how's it going, man? And welcome to the show. And thanks for taking the time.
0: Yeah, uh, thanks, man. It's it's really good to be here. Um, Hopefully you didn't over. Sell it too much, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it's it's good to chat. And I know we've been we've been chatting for a while on LinkedIn. I don't know, probably like six months, um, right? And so, anyway, it's it's good to to finally get to actually like meet. And there's something always different. There's like three layers, right? You got the the text chat layer and then you've got the video chat layer and then you've got the the in real life uh, <laughs> layer, and each one feels pretty different so. it
1: does and you got maybe even before that is like the comment yeah, layer like well. i'm commenting and <laughs> sending you different emojis about yeah. your posts and things like that yeah, exactly and, uh, and, and so where we got to the video chat level in person is going to be next and so we'll have to have to wait for that but uh for those that don't know jeremiah is the ceo and founder of no k-n-o commerce and used by a lot of the fastest growing d2c brands everybody that uses it loves it knows it no pun intended, uh, talked about a lot. And so we're going to dig into some really interesting topics around customer insights. And we'll talk a little bit about attribution and talk about just what are the things you need to know to be able to improve your marketing, your product, your customer relationships, and should be a ton of fun. I'm super excited. And so we'll dive right in. Uh, for those that that don't, you know, are familiar with with the story, tell us kind of the the quick background of no, Why did you start it? What was the original mission? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So uh, I'm to Go back a little bit earlier to just kind of give a little bit of context, and then start with the actual founding of the business. So I've been in the e-commerce space in some capacity since 2012. I started building WooCommerce extensions, so that was kind of you know, Woo, nice. Yeah, back in the day, it was you know, WooCommerce, Shopify, Magento were all kind of competing. Uh, it's kind of a different story now, um, but uh, at the time, WooCommerce was really hot, um, and it was open source software. So really, really cool experience. Honestly, it's very different than what I'm doing now I'd say uh but I loved that and it was just there's something about getting to build something that you just are, are browsing a random website and you see the technology you created uh being used it, it's it's pretty cool so I, I kind of got my first taste of that in that time and then um you know did a few diff- different things I had my own brand for a little bit did agency work uh and then in 2020 uh pandemic hits and one of my good friends uh Pearson Crass is his name, runs an agency called Lunar Solar Group. And Pearson and I had been talking for years about building a tech company together. And he, I had, uh, he'd been a merchant using my WooCommerce extensions back in the day. And I'd helped him with, you know, website builds at his agency. So we, we'd we worked together in some capacity for a long time. And so it just made sense. So we we actually launched NoCommerce from within his agency. <laughs> uh, they had some internal tools. We basically just like revamped into a... Uh, really lightweight surveys product that was kind of our pilot application. And then we started building our platform on the side. So we launched that just so I could get some experience in the Shopify ecosystem uh, and learned a lot over that first year while we we're building the main platform, and then we launched that main platform in September 2021. We split the company out into a separate entity, and that was kind of the the genesis of everything. So it's really been just over two years since we actually launched the full platform. That is wild. So it's yeah, it's been kind of fast. I don't know. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, I just want this to slow down a little bit, just get some rest. <laughs> uh, but it's also fun. So there's that that
1: trade off. Totally. Right? So. No rest for the weary, especially not in this yeah. environment. But really, man, I would I would so much rather do something. That, that I love than than to be bored. And so Absolutely. as long as you can find little bits of rest in uh the chaos and speed then then you can probably keep going which what you guys have done. Uh, that's wild. I actually did not know that it was just in 2021, really, that you started gaining gain traction. Yeah. So that's even faster than I expected and pretty amazing. And so, so yeah, what was kind of the original mission and the idea? So start started with a lightweight survey tool, and then how has it progressed since then? The problem,
0: ultimately, is that it's really hard for brands to understand who their customers are, what motivates them. Um, I, I kind of like to look at it from a standpoint of... Um, you know, in-person retail versus online and, and how different they are. So I, I grew up in a small business. My parents owned a health food store and I worked in that from the time I was, well, every summer from the time I was 10 years old on. Uh, but even before that, as a, as a kid, I was around a lot. Right. And so you see the same people walking in the door. Uh, you, you, and at the time, it was, uh, you know, nothing was digital. <laughs> so it was literally just like punching the numbers. So we actually didn't know what people were buying necessarily.
1: But you knew a lot about them. You knew like what they were interested in and, and you know, why they were there. And you could see them and interact with them. And that's, that's such a valuable data set that we don't you have. You knew about their dietary preferences. You knew about the type
0: of vehicle they drove sometimes, what kind of clothing they wore, what their style was, all these kinds of things that you just cannot see in a digital context. Um, and, and I don't know that you can honestly ever replicate that, right? I, it's it's just different. It's a different context. But is there a way to bring some of that context into the digital world? And that's really been the mission. Uh, and, and I would say honestly, I actually posted something about this earlier today, but the, you know, we we started with surveys as the the foundation of that because the reality is you 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 have to ask people. That that's the only way you can actually get some of that data. But the real vision goes up much beyond surveys. And and I'm excited to, um, to dive into that more. I think like, honestly, it's just been kind of like getting to the point of we, we got to build a foundation. Uh, we have about 3000 brands we work with now. So kind of got to get you get the foundation in place, you got to
1: know what you're doing. And then you can build on top of that. And that's really been the the entire approach. That's so awesome. And and you really talked about it. I read, read a post recently that you made on LinkedIn that you know, first ever customer hmm. insight platform, right? We have we have data, yeah. we have attribution tools, we have different analytics, but customer insight platform, I think you've already talked about it, but but in, in, anything else you would add to that or any other ways you would explain that to, to kind of shed light on what you guys are trying to accomplish? So
0: there's a there's a lot of really great products out there that are focused around understanding things like lifetime value of your customer, um, what types of products cross out well together. If somebody buys product... Uh, You know, if they they buy a pair of shorts on order number one, they're likely to buy a pair of socks on order number three, like that kind of stuff. Right. Which is all really great information. And there's some amazing tools that do that. And so we're not really trying to replicate that. That's not our our goal. Our goal is to build a layer of data that enhances that. And so we are, it's honestly a really hard problem. (laughs) The reality is that like, if you have a, every order, you know, exactly what somebody bought, you know, the timing of the purchase, you know, when their last purchase was, you can see the, like all of that data, there's no question about the accuracy of that data. There's no question about Completeness of that data, it just exists. Collecting survey data about those same people is a lot harder because you're never gonna get a hundred percent response rate. You're never going to know exactly what to ask that person until you have a little bit more context about them. There's so much more nuance there that I I think it's it's a it becomes a really challenging problem. And so we do a decent job right now of helping with that, but I, I think there's so much more that we need to do in the future to actually fully uh, we'll probably never fully solve that problem, but but actually get to the point where it, it's significantly more meaningful than what it is today.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting when, when you look at a, a tool like this that, that really uncovers some customer insights or even attribution tools or analytics. Um, it can seem simple on, on the outset, like, oh, we're just asking questions. But then as you dig a little bit deeper, it's pretty complex and it's nuanced. And, and the way you ask a question is important. and How you collect the data and how you analyze it and what did this actually mean? And so, uh, yeah, lots to unpack there. Uh, I do want to uh, kind of dive in and just understand... You know what? What are some of your favorite questions to ask? Because I think this is one of those things that you know we talk to a lot of merchants as an agency, and you know everybody's got some sort of attribution tool and they're measuring in platform and things like that. But um, still, we know a lot of companies that are not surveying their customers or not you know running anything like no in their in their tech stack. So, what are some of your favorite questions to ask and why? Well, so um, just kind of one
0: step higher level than that, I think the the use cases can differ quite a bit right and so the um and that's one of the beautiful things about surveys is you can kind of do what you, whatever you want to with it and so the number one use case on our platform is attribution um it's 80 to 90 percent of the usage of our platform to to be honest well 80 percent 80 to 90 percent of like the the brands on our platform are using that uh use case a lot of them also have other use cases they're they're addressing too but um i would say that Almost all the brands that use our product are are doing are addressing attribution in some
1: form or another. Meaning they're asking an attribution related question in addition to maybe other questions. But yep. eighty, ninety percent are asking attribution questions. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And there's there's
0: some that aren't, but but most of them are. And so in that context, um, there's some really great questions. Um and I'll dive into those a little bit more because that's that's probably the that's the the set of questions that I feel the best about because we see so much of that, right? Um, beyond that though, conversion rate optimization is a really cool use case. So asking questions like what motivate not what motivated you uh, sorry what about this product made you want to buy it today that's a really interesting question right and so brands will ask that kind of a question and that can give you a ton of insight into uh things like ad copy um, and what kinds of angles somebody may may be interested in looking at the negative side can be really interesting too so asking somebody a question like how was your shopping experience today? Uh, If they gave you uh, excellent or great, maybe ask them to leave a review. If they're a repeat customer or push them to some other thing that they may be interested in, you know, hey, join our Facebook community, whatever it is, give them some sort of additional way to engage with you positively. And then if it's a negative uh, response, then uh, asking them what was, um, what about their experience today was not a good experience, right? And just let them give you that open-ended feedback. Those kinds of things are really, really valuable, especially for brands that, Are having problems with their conversion rates um brands that are just getting started and don't quite know like if you haven't found product market fit yet and you're not able to just scale ads uh there's levels to this game for sure (laughs) i mean some of the brands we work with are spending 100 million a year on paid ads and they'd consider that a a a success and others are spending a hundred thousand a year on paid ads and that's a success for them so there's no like uh, I can't give you a specific of like what that looks like in terms of product market fit, but like once you feel like you're at that point where you can just kind of scale your ads, I think that's when you start looking at attribution and prior to that, you're looking at those kinds of purchase motivations, those kinds of questions. Um, so that's all really interesting. Demographic type data can be really interesting too, especially if you're trying to understand personas, who's buying what products, what kind of messaging is resonating with, with different demographics, that all can be really valuable. So um, a good example of that just broadly speaking we see uh that men between the ages of 25 and 44 spend a lot of time on youtube and um high rating and reviews of products has a major impact in their purchasing behavior. So if you're showing ads on YouTube, that's probably a good thing to have in the back of your pocket. Like, okay, if if I, if I men in this demographic are typically the best audience and they're looking for this type of product, they're spending a ton of time on YouTube, maybe that's where I should start and then iterate from there. So that kind of stuff can be really, really valuable. Um, and then on the attribution front, so I'll, I'll dive into a set of questions that we really like to see brands ask. So question number one, how did you first hear about us? Um, We actually have a survey template that we recommend here, which gets uh, that question alone sees about 1.3 million responses per month on our platform. People using that specific question. So question number one, how did you first hear about us? Then usually some follow-up questions. So for example, if somebody said that they found you on Google, ask them what they searched for. That can be a really valuable way to get some keywords that you can then go target. Um, Maybe some longer tail stuff you weren't thinking about. And what you find that that's super interesting in that context is people will literally type in what they typed into Google. You can tell just based on like the response, right? You, you look at that and like, okay, you would never type that unless you were doing a Google search. So it's kind of cool to see that data. Um, so we'll usually suggest some follow-up questions to that. How did you first hear about us? And then ask, what brought you to our site today? And what we're looking for is the difference between a discovery channel and a purchase driving channel in those two. So discovery channels are the places where somebody is gonna find your brand for the first time. Uh, Google, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, word of mouth, uh, retail store, those are the kinds of things that are driving that top level discovery. But then the purchase driving channels are more focused on, I saw an ad, I searched on Google, um, I received an email, I received a text message, those kinds of things, right? Because your email is not actually a discovery channel, unless you're doing like email swap stuff, which then add that to your top level question. But otherwise, that's actually a a purchase driving channel. And it's a nurture channel, Um, it should not be part of your how did you hear about us question. And so I think where a lot of brands go wrong, in the attribution side, is they ask how did you hear about us? Not and not they don't get specific into those different touch points, and it muddies the data a little bit. And so it becomes harder to understand. Uh, you, you're asking the customer to interpret the question when you when you ask that specific question of how did you hear about us? Um, and the reality is a lot of customers have multiple touch points. So if you split them out, then you're actually going to get a, a clear, better view. And then the last one that we like to layer in there is how long did you know about us before, before placing your first purchase? And that gives you some really incredible stuff. I think uh, you you were saying something about this post that I I put out there where we were looking at um, time to basically like the contribution to Black Friday, Cyber Monday revenue based on how long a customer knew about a brand before making the first purchase. And this is really fascinating
1: information. Let's dig into a few of those things really quickly, and then let's go right to the Black Friday ceremony because I, I love that that data. What's so interesting is I remember when I when I first saw this study as a user and as a shopper. I, I'm also a marketer, so I get a little different lens here as I look at this stuff. But it, I'm confident it was a no commerce survey because I remember I, I looked because I was very interested. Uh, I was buying, I think I think it was a shirt like what I have on here is a shirt uh, brand that I've been following on on or seeing on social media forever, but just hadn't purchased right. And uh, I went through the survey and I thought. Hmm, when did I first hear about it? Because that's such an important question. It's all, you know, the the quality of the answer you get is directly tied to the quality of the the question you you ask. And so, yeah, when did I first hear about it? And so I went back and I'm pretty sure it was Instagram in this case, and then uh, how long ago, how long has it been since you heard about it? For this one, and this, we're talking about a t-shirt here. I didn't need to deliberate over this a long time, but as I thought about it, I was confident it was months. It was like three or six months, maybe a year. I was like, I don't know, I just did, like, didn't need a shirt didn't wasn't really motivated but i know that i've been seeing stuff forever and as i posted that i was like man i'm a marketer i talk about youtube ads google ads all the time but this just was just a different lens and it flipped it for me and i was like dang look at my own behavior i had to learn about this brand months ago t-shirt brand before i actually purchased and so yeah super interesting insights
0: i think and this is a I don't mean this to be negative at all, but I think of the, in the marketing world, the platforms have kind of trained marketers to think of things on a seven day conversion window.
1: Yes, right? yes, and so sometimes <laughs> that's being generous. Sometimes people are like, "Well, I really want like a one or three day," but we'll, right. we've loosened things. We're looking <laughs> at seven day now. Like, exactly. Okay. That, yeah.
0: <laughs> And I see uh we were just talking about Taylor earlier, uh Taylor Holiday. So I'll yeah. give him a shout out on this. Uh, shout see, out to Taylor Holiday. What's up, buddy? Uh so Taylor, I love Taylor. And one of the things he's talking about, and and actually I to before I say this, I wanna say I really, really appreciate the way he's always talking about profitability first, right? Like yes,
1: contribution margin profitability, dude. It's like it's what people need to hear. Yes, for sure. So
0: coming from that lens, 100% respect to what he, he talks about in terms of optimizing on one-day click. Um, and so I, I get that angle and that side of things. But at the same time, what we know from the data that we see is that the people who you are getting to convert in a day are either already warmed up to your brand... Or they are in market for the product that you're selling. Those are the only people who are buying the same day. And that is not, there's nothing wrong with that for sure. But the risk that you run if you are in a small category and you are at scale, the risk that you run of optimizing for that is that you're not actually feeding the funnel and looking at the longer tail. And you probably you always are to some extent, right? The reality is that if it shows, if Facebook shows an ad to a thousand people and one of them buys, you're you're warming those thousand people to some extent. But this is where we see. Um, I think Connor from HexCloud was on a podcast actually with Taylor. Uh, and I, I listened to this one, and and uh HexCloud's a customer of ours, they're they're awesome. And they ask these questions, right? And so they they look at I I don't want to misquote Connor, but I believe what he was saying is that for TV specifically, they were looking at time to first purchase for people who found them on, on TV, and they saw that that's months, and so in that context. Connor was saying like they know Black Friday Cyber Monday is November right so they started spending heavier on TV in August September October gearing up for those purchases that they know are going to come through in November because they have the data to show that it takes people months to purchase the other thing that we know about asking survey questions is that it's it's not 100% accurate right and you compare that against click data click data is also not 100% accurate there's, there's <laughs> there's problems in every type of data right but it's about understanding the bias of the data and so the bias of the data in surveys is memory and so uh and that's that's the thing that impacts most of it And we've done some studies around accuracy um and just looking at the the way that people respond the reality is the vast majority of people try to answer these surveys accurately um and there's ways to help with that too don't force them to take it those kinds of things um so we, we're not so worried about the accuracy. What we're worried about is the memory. And so what we're doing when you ask somebody, how did you first hear about us, is we're asking them to tell you what they remember as the first touch point. It may not actually be the first touch point, but it's the one they remember, and that has tremendous... It's the one they remember, yes. And so, like, for you, you said Instagram, right? Uh, maybe it was Facebook. Maybe it was... Uh, an article on some website somewhere, right? But you remember Instagram and so Instagram had some sort of impact on that purchase. And then what we also know is that people think time is shorter than it actually is, right? And so like, there's this idea of, uh, I think about something, I'll be like, oh yeah, that was last week and it actually was three weeks ago. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because life is busy and things go fast. And so what we also know to be true is that if somebody tells you if they say, I discovered your brand and I bought today, that's probably true. They probably remember that, right? They know it was today, not yesterday. If they said it was less than a week, they're probably pretty accurate on that. If they say it was less than a month. Well, it could have actually been two months ago. Uh, but they think it was less than a month. If they say it was one to three months, it may have been six months ago, but they thought it was three. And so that time, what we actually report to our customers and that the responses that their customers are giving them, we know that the reality is even longer than that. Um, and so that's something that I always try to communicate to brands too, is that you're looking at this and and you're, you know, you're less than a week bucket. People that say they found your brand and bought in less than a week is probably pretty accurate, but the others are actually going to be a little bit longer. And so it's just about Yeah, surveys are not perfect, uh, but if you understand the bias in the data, then it actually helps you um, really understand and lean into it more than you would be able to by just saying it's worthless.
1: Yeah, it's so good, and I and I think we we get we get hung up. And I I made a post on LinkedIn about this not long ago, where uh, really you know the 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 obsession about getting accurate attribution is a bit misleading, and it's kind of a a false aim that that should not be your goal, right? You want you want data, and attribution insights that are actionable that will help you make decisions because it's all going to be flawed and it's all going to be biased, and that's okay. That's just the nature of it, right? But if you can learn things that give insight, and then you make decisions on those those insights that make you more money. That's what you want. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking I love the way you frame that because, yeah, we do often forget what we do or when or whatever but understanding that it still sheds tremendous insight right because yeah maybe in this case i did see an instagram ad and an article and maybe i saw like a friend wearing the shirt but i forgot what i remember is instagram and so we should give more credit to instagram in that case right because that's what i remember so that's that that's accurate and then kind of knowing the biases towards the way we we view timelines also helps but yeah i think that the big eye-opener here is i remember seeing data uh, because we port through a lot of google analytics and google ad reports and amazon and things seeing the this report for fairly expensive relatively speaking it was like an aftermarket auto part but it was kind of expensive for the average consumer and I remember seeing the report that like most of the purchases were in seven days and I'm like I don't buy it I just don't buy it like I think this is something you would have to see and see again and talk to somebody maybe and research before you bought it and, and I really think it was kind of the, the bias towards click data and and recency and cookies dropping off and other things that led to that insight I would love to have seen that that company run surveys because I bet it would have confirmed what you already see that the, the timeline is much longer
0: well and I, I think that's one of the things that I don't know that people know about or start with Google Analytics is that it's session based data right so Google is telling you based on the session data they have that this took a day or I I mean, usually if you look at Google Analytics, it's telling you that most of your purchases are happening in 48 hours, which is true for some brands, but it's actually very rare Um, in in aggregate, we see about 40% of people saying that they discovered and bought from a brand in less than a week. Uh, and 60% say that that journey took longer than a week. And so again, going back to what I was saying earlier about the that timeline, that time, the actuality of that timeline gets longer and longer, the the further away that person is from the actual uh, discovery event. Right. And so the, um, and I've seen I've seen it where a brand has seventy percent of people buying in a day. That does happen for sure, um, and that's where it is actually valuable to ask those questions for yourself because you don't know uh, unless you ask. But but a lot of times, what they're doing in that context is they're, they're not. It's usually a commodity sort of product, right? Um, it's usually trendy, and it's usually something that has a viral sort of appeal. That's what allows it to, to be bought in that sort of timeline. And most companies, that is not the reality for your product. Uh, or your market, or or, <laughs> or you're not following a trend, right? And so, uh, it, outside of those types of companies, it's pretty rare that most of your people are actually buying less than a day.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the, the point about it being kind of trendy and, you know, that can kind of help feed into an impulse purchase goes back to what you said before, where really the, the only people that are buying very quickly are those that know your brand and know you, or they're actively shopping. So they've got education. This has been in, in their mind, or at least in the back of their mind for a while, that they want a product like you Yours. Otherwise, it just doesn't, it just takes more time. It just takes more time than a week. Yep. So absolutely. Yeah. And this, this is one of the things
0: about Google that I think is really interesting. And I think we're going to see a lot of this with AI soon too. I just was talking to somebody about this yesterday, but with Google, you're in active problem solving mode, right? And so when you are searching for something on Google, it's because you're trying to solve a problem. If you're trying to solve a problem, you're likely to buy a product or buy some sort of solution to that problem. Uh, And so really at that point, you're just looking for the right fit to Solve your problem, and I think that's what's really, really compelling about it. each channel. Has its advantages and disadvantages. Uh, something like TikTok, even YouTube. Actually, if you want to split Google search and YouTube, is completely the opposite. If I'm on YouTube, I sure show me that ad, but I'm not going to click on your ad and go buy something right now. I'm in the middle of watching my sports commentary video or this gaming thing or whatever it is. Right, uh, listening to my favorite podcast. It, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stop what I'm doing. I may not even be looking at it sometimes, right? Like that behavior is pretty common on Google too. And so in that context, it's very different than somebody searching and clicking and buying. And we see the data that we see backs that up. Like if you if you look at, I haven't published this yet, but um, I actually will soon because it's, it's cool information. Uh, we looked at TikTok specifically. So same set of orders that have a survey response of how did you first hear about us? The percentage that are attributed to TikTok by a survey response is like five times higher than the click, than the first click data versus first survey uh, response data. And YouTube is the same as our behavior. And then as you go, those are, somebody called me out on this on social, and this was a fair call out that channels are not necessarily uh, (laughs) uh, high versus low of funnel. And that's true, but there are channels that lend themselves more towards top of funnel versus bottom of funnel. And so in the context of TikTok, YouTube, uh, connected TV even, those are usually more of like a top of funnel orientation. You're usually, you're oftentimes showing your ad to somebody who isn't familiar with your brand. Uh, And and actually it's even less about that. It's about the intent of the person at the time that they're being shown the ad, right? That, That actually is really what matters the most. What is the behavior of that person at that moment? Um, and so at that moment, they're in entertainment mode, right? And then you look at that versus a, a channel like a Twitter or um, Instagram or meta. I actually think part of this is just meta's algorithms. They've figured out how to get the ad in front of the right person at the right time better than anybody else. But those are it, when you look at those, the click and the response are more closely aligned. I think you look at something like Google, and it's actually the complete opposite. Google gets a lot more clicks <laughs> than the responses indicate. Uh, and so they all have their advantages and disadvantages. It's just really about understanding the behavior of each and the people that are on each, and looking at survey responses and click data in, in light of that. And that's kind of what we we try to educate people on. Yeah,
1: and this is really, this is really good insight that there's no like top of funnel medium, per se, and yeah. bottom of funnel medium, right? Users just use platforms, right? I'm okay. not like, yeah. I don't choose to get on TikTok when I'm at the top of the funnel. Like, that's not a thought. I'm just going to consume content. But the mode that someone's in, the messaging, and kind of the way we view it as marketers does shift. And and I love that data from TikTok because, yeah, 100% YouTube is in in the same boat, right? And we spend millions a month on on YouTube for our clients. And it's one of our favorite channels. But people don't click that much right we even saw this report that showed that the click through rates on facebook ads are more than double what they are on youtube because i'm not on youtube to click your ad i'm on youtube to watch a specific thing we're on facebook maybe i'm just kind of hanging out and i'm so more likely to to click and explore and wander and things like that and i know the same is true for for tiktok and so yeah we can't we can't measure and you know i was just on a call the other day with this this really nice brand and they're big and they were they were talking about last click attribution and i'm like guys so let, let's let's unpack this a little bit how are we going to how can we hold every channel to the same standard. How, how, how do we do that? Yeah, one click works great. If I'm then I'm all search and performance max and shopping, which which I know that world really well, right? So if I'm all last click, then let's stop Facebook and let's stop YouTube. Yeah. But then you and don't. You grow. can make that look yeah. really good too. You can. I can make that. I can shine, man. And I'm I'm a Google guy, so I can make that look really good. Yeah, yeah. But but eventually you you dry up. So really good stuff. So so let's let's then kind of click into that Black Friday Cyber Monday data. And I know when folks are watching this, it's it's past uh, Black Friday Cyber Monday. But it's either we're either in it or analyzing it the holiday or we're prepping for the next one. So this is this is still good data. So, yeah, what did you guys learn in these uh, the correlation on, you know, how much people spent around the holidays related to you know, how where they were of a brand, how long that relationship had been going?
0: Yeah, for sure. So what's really interesting there is that we saw um, so we we looked at the data for. We looked at a bunch of different things, but what what I thought was most compelling was looking at the what we call the consideration window. So asking the question, how long did you know about us before placing your first purchase? And then looking at that uh, by average order value. And so for the week of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, I think, I, think I want to say it's 225,000 people answered this question during that week. And so looking at their data, so it's st- statistically significant, right? And we didn't necessarily break down industry that's gonna have an impact. There's some there's some things there that can the data is gonna look a little different for every brand. And this is why it does help to ask this for your brand and, and understand. Uh, HexClad looks different than uh Olipop as an example of one one of our other customers we work with, right? Like it's just different. One of them is a thousand dollar cookware set and the other one is a I, don't know, I think it's like thirty-five or forty bucks to buy a case of of soda off of a website, so it's just different. And yeah, Ollie so, Pop
1: is the um, it's like the the gut healthy soda, right, or whatever. It's got some um, probiotics and stuff in it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So like it's just different, and consideration windows are different. Um, and so what we saw is that the people who said that they knew about a brand for less than a day had a th- basically a, uh, about a twenty-five percent lower average order value than the average of all people who bought uh, for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And then it climbs up pretty well from there. But basically what you see is that from, you know, the lowest AOV is that less than a day. Second lowest is less than a week. Uh, Then you got less than a month and it just kind of trickles down. And and those uh, basically, you know, once you get to call it three plus months, there's really no meaningful difference in, in AOV. Uh, and actually, honestly, from one month plus, there wasn't a whole lot of difference. It's really that like less than a month bucket. But what's interesting about that is that you're and this is to be clear, this is first time buyers, which is really cool data too. So it's people that have bought from your website for the first time. And how long they knew about your brand and so those people who had a longer relationship with the brand were more likely to spend a a larger amount of money which i think is really interesting data so um there was that there's also just like the total percentage breakdown largest bucket of buyers was people who knew about the brand for one to three months and the second largest and they're almost equal was people who knew about the brand for less than a day but when you look at all of it the the bucket that contributed the highest amount of total revenue was people who knew about a brand for one to three months. And so I think that's that's just really compelling. And it makes, if you think about consumer behavior again, it makes sense. Like let's say I find something really cool in September and I'm thinking about it for myself or as a gift for someone else. I might wait to buy that until November because I know that it's likely going to be on sale. I'm actually doing this right now with a mattress. I need a new mattress. Uh, I'm not
1: buying it right now. I've wanted to buy it for the last couple of weeks. Are you going memory foam? Are you going like high-tech adjustable cooling those things? Or or, what what, what are you thinking here? I'm just interested. (laughs) I don't... I don't know. <laughs> so I actually haven't figured out
0: exactly <laughs> which one yet. But I know that we're kind of we're gonna we're making our decision over the next week or so. Uh, and then we're gonna look to buy in November. And we maybe won't actually buy too. That's the other thing, is there'll be uh, you know, if we decide the price isn't right and turns out we actually swapped out our matches with another one that we had from our guest room and it's a few days ago and we're both sleeping way better so we might just stick with that you're like
1: maybe this is good maybe yeah. this is enough
0: <laughs> maybe this is fine uh but regardless we're we're doing our research now um we are looking at all of this now but we're definitely not buying before black friday that's when we're gonna buy and so uh that is normal behavior for this time of year and so you're actually you're just prepping people that's the downside of something like a black friday is one of the things we don't really know for sure is is how much of the demand are we just delaying and then discounting uh, as a, as an entire industry. Uh, it, it, that's hard to say, but but I do think that that's that's an angle we didn't look at with this research, but we actually should. <laughs>
1: We've trained people to wait for Black Friday Cyber Monday. It's it's not going to change. It's just it's it's ingrained in our minds and our behavior as, as consumers. So we'll keep doing it. But yeah, you know, what's so interesting is you know looking at that you know the, those two major categories of people that spent money on Black Friday Cyber Monday and for first time customers. It was about equal number of people that had known about it. You said less than a day or, or less than seven days. What was that I first? Reported, bucket? Yeah, it reported less than a day versus reporting one to three months. One to three months. But the one to three month category produced more revenue, more valuable customers. Higher AOV and then would likely lead to. I'm assuming, and I'm guessing you didn't really break this down, but probably better LTVs and other things like that. Yeah, um, and that's
0: actually a good follow up research on this too, right? And I actually was just thinking about this morning. I need to talk to a couple of brands we work with and say, hey, let's study the LTV of your Black Friday Cyber Monday customers based on how long they knew about your brand because I think that's pretty compelling. But yeah, that's uh, that's not something we have data on right now, and I think it's really interesting. The and it was I'm this is. Off the top of my head, so it may not be exactly accurate, but I want to say that one to three month bucket was about thirty five percent more revenue than the the less than a day bucket.
1: And and significant. I think when you understand that, then you're willing to make the right decisions that feed overall profitability and healthy revenue and good customer acquisition. Where if we get too obsessed with the one day click. We may be tempted to go down a path we shouldn't go down, where if we realize that a little bit of cultivation of that one to three months actually leads to higher AOVs and probably more valuable customers, it at least shifts the perspective. It shifts our patience for sure. It's but it's likely going to shift our media mix just a little bit, and and may even shift our discounting uh, approach and and several other things. But we we got to see this data to be able to have that insight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and what I hope with sharing these kinds of things too is that a marketer can go to their you know especially with the brands. We're working with that are say 50 million a year plus in revenue you got your marketing team you got your finance team Uh, And they don't always agree on how you should be spending the money. And so (laughs) I'm always hopeful a marketer can go to the finance union and say like, hey, check this out. Like there is an impact in feeding this funnel. You're you're making a you're still making a bet right at the end of the day, maybe it doesn't pay out the way that you expected it to. But usually it it helps in being able to make those kinds of bets when you have that kind of data to be able to show. For sure.
1: Uh, You also brought up uh, questions around CRO or conversion rate optimization. And I I do think this is something that brands are going to continue to lean more into, especially as they grow. And especially as you know, the economy remains uncertain or we get into a recession or other difficulties, then we know we got to get the most out of every opportunity we create, you know, every every person we get to visit the site, we got to get more from them. Ideally, what are some of your favorite questions and or insights? From CRO related questions. So there, there's kind of a couple
0: different categories of insight that that I see come out of there. There's the, there's really three. There's the obvious. <laughs> so uh, you know, you see things like price. So I'll use Olipop as an example. Somebody will will, you know, buying, buying uh, I think it's like $35 for a 12-pack. That's significantly more expensive than a, you know, a 12-pack of Pepsi off the shelf at, at Safeway. So when they see somebody, if a brand like that, I actually don't even know if they ask those questions, but in a context like that, a brand will look and they see people saying price was a reason that they almost didn't buy. That's a That makes sense, right? So that's there's the obvious category and most of what you see is going to come through as obvious. And then you've got the technology problem category, which I think is really interesting. Um, I see things like you're a firm and it, like I clicked to pay with a firm and then I couldn't get back and I I didn't want I decided I didn't want to pay in four installments and I couldn't find a way to get back to only pay one off right so that's that you know in a, a single response maybe doesn't make you change your your behavior when you start to see patterns and things like that then you look at it and say okay people are having problems with navigation or people are having problems with a specific tool we're using, we should we should make some changes here. Uh, so that's the, you know the, the sort of the technology side, and then the, the last piece is the messaging side of things, and and I think that's probably the most it's the one that takes the most research and and understanding, um, but it's also probably the most impactful one. And looking at what is it about your. Are people confused about the value propositions? Are they confused about why your product is compelling versus other products in the market? Those kinds of questions, I think, are probably where the greatest value comes in. Uh, Or not questions, but those kinds of responses that you see come through are are where the the greatest value comes in, in my opinion. Um, But again, it just takes a little bit more dissecting, understanding. Um, one thing that can be great is just, you know, throw that into something like ChatGBT and just like have it help you uh, analyze it, ask ChatGBT questions with that data. Uh, and we see some really cool stuff with uh, with that. So uh, hopefully that answered the question. Um, but yeah, that's, from a CRO side, that's, Kind of the three categories I look for, and then obviously you can have a pretty open-ended questions to get that data, but you can also start to dive deeper into specifics around that if you if you feel the need
1: to. Um, and you can you can have follow up questions too, right? Ask an open-ended question or ask a, a relatively vague question, then have some follow ups, then based on that answer.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, you can do text based is a little bit harder because you, you basically basically like searching for a keyword and then asking a question based on the keyword, but that's possible. And then um, you know starting it off with a. Uh, we actually do this a lot with abandoned cart surveys where we'll ask a question, um, just ask somebody, Hey, is there a reason you didn't buy today? And you give them a few preset options. And that is a really nice one because then you can guide them down a specific path based on what they answer. So you may, uh, one, one brand we work with, they, they have to do hazmat shipping, which I think starts at $40. And that's their number one, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. It's their number one they're they're literally selling like a fifteen dollar product and it's forty dollar shipping. And so uh that's the number one issue for them. And they know that's the issue. They communicate it everywhere, but people still have problems with it. And so what what was really interesting for them is they ran an abandoned cart survey. I think they're still doing this, but they basically, they have that as one of the options of why somebody didn't buy. And then when they click on it, all they do is educate them about why the shipping is the way it is. And they don't give them a discount or anything. They just educate them and then take them back to the website. And that's that's one thing that you can do with surveys too that I think is really powerful is just find out why somebody isn't buying. Find out what, what it is that's holding them up and then give them an actual solution to their problem don't just assume everybody's not buying because they the price was too high um because that's you know that's only the the issue for a fraction of of your customers.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting. Sometimes that solution may be offering a discount or offering some something to the customer, but sometimes it's not. Maybe you know maybe it's not really that forty bucks is a deal breaker. It's that I'm was not expecting forty dollars in shipping, and that just feels wrong and crazy and shocking, and it didn't meet my expectations. But if you educate me and show me why you have to do that, why that's required, because it's hazmat or whatever, then maybe I'm like, okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah, now that you explained it, I'll do it because I really want the thing and 40 bucks isn't a big deal, but it, it is when my frame of reference is free shipping or $5 or $10 or something, not 40. Yep. And so like for that brand
0: specifically, one of the big use cases is gender reveal parties. And so you can go on Amazon, you can find for 15, 20 bucks, you can find a gender reveal smoke bomb, but it's not actually a smoke bomb. It's a powder... Thing right, like a, a shoot powder <laughs> in the air, <laughs> and so that's a good opportunity to be like, "Hey, look, this is a real smoke bomb. Like, this is a hazmat. I have to ship. It has to be shipped in a certain way, and there's just nothing I can do about that uh, with my brand." And they they do a lot of founder forward messaging, which I think is really powerful in that context too. Uh, but yeah, those are and, and
1: that's that's one of those environments too, where like if we're doing a gender re- or a gender reveal, and I don't know if you, you probably know this about me, Jeremiah, but I've, I've got I've got eight kids. My wife and I have eight kids, which is shocking. Wow, so I've I only done a have lot ten. of gender reveals, and that's one of those things. <laughs> Where usually like you invite people and people are there and so would i be willing to upgrade and instead of spending 15 bucks spend 65 if it was really going to make a difference yeah like that'd be fine like this is this is a big deal but i wouldn't do it unless you really educated me and so uh, that's what's so powerful about being able to automate that and one get the answer to why they didn't buy and then two either educate or provide some kind of solution yeah super smart
0: cuz if that has to go through customer service they've already bought the thing off of amazon by the time you get back
1: right Yeah, really good point. And and so, yeah, I I think all of those are really great. And I love the use case of using AI to kind of unpack, Okay, here's all our results. Let's let's make sense of this and categorize this and synthesize it and whatnot. But but yeah, you know, some of these you're just not going to know unless you ask. And once you ask and get these insights, it's going to it's going to trigger all kinds of solutions and ideas in your brain. And so you just you got to ask, you just got to do it. We are coming up against time, so I want to be mindful of that, respectful of that. Uh, what is what is next for No Commerce? And I know some of that may have to be kind of hush hush or closed lip. But what's uh, what are you excited about? One of the things I really focus on a lot is the
0: problems in our way of solving the problem we're trying to solve. Right. So what what are the what are the ways in which we fall short in solving the problem we're trying to solve? And there are a couple of big problems using surveys. Uh, number one is you got a response rate issue. You're never going to get 100% of people to answer a question. And then, so you've got that that issue. You also have the issue of you're limited uh, on collecting data by when you started asking it. So if you want to know about your customers from three years ago and you uh, you want to know something specific, even if it's something like a like demographics, right? It's really hard to go back in time right. and ask that question. Right. Uh, and so there's those. And then the last piece is really it's most brands just don't have the resources internally to be able to put a lot of time and attention into what to ask, how to break down the data, all of those kinds of things. And so that is really, we've been working on this kind of behind the scenes for over a year now, this, this new concept called Automated Insights, which is going to be coming out here shortly. Uh, by the time this episode's out, there's, it should be available for beta for some of our customers, uh, public beta. It's been in private beta for basically most of this year. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. The idea is that basically we manage the questions that are run. Um, it's not AI powered. I think there's there's some pretty big flaws still in AI and being able to actually, like AI doesn't know what to ask and actually uh, and have it be meaningful. That's just just my honest opinion on that. Uh, yep, totally agree. And uh, so there's there's nothing wrong with like using AI to try to tune questions and do all those things, but we're just not going to go like <laughs> uh, open season on AI. It's just not going to happen in our business. Uh, not anytime soon anyway. But we know based on the data that we have, you know, we have 1.3 million responses a month to how did you first hear about us? So that's just one question on our platform. Uh, in total, we we see over 8 million responses a month. And so with all of that insight that we have, we can build a pretty good structured system around collecting data that we can do at scale for brands. And that's really what's what's coming next. So yeah, I've been keeping it kind of close to the chest. Uh, it's still not fully out today, but it, it should be in a, in a couple of weeks. So I'm excited about that.
1: Automated insights. Check it out. And so what are the best ways for people to connect with you? Obviously, they can follow you on LinkedIn and I highly recommend that that's how we met but then how else can they learn more about no
0: yeah so LinkedIn uh, myself Jer- um, slash Jeremiah Primer. I forget what the <laughs> what they all are but it's just my, my first last name together uh, same with Twitter now X uh, and then no commerce is the same thing I'm just K-N-O-C-O-M-M-E-R-C-E uh, yeah so follow me we also have a bunch of team members in different roles in our company who like to talk about things and share cool findings on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter so uh, I feel like they're more LinkedIn usually and I'm more on the Twitter side. Uh so we've got uh both going on. But yeah, definitely would love to connect with you there. You can send me an email too, just jeremiah at nocommerce.com uh, if you have any questions. I'll be honest, my email is the last thing I check every day. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> stick to the I, socials, be respectful of the yeah. inbox, stick to the socials you can get. Re- you get socials, responses. Yeah, socials and Slack is kind of where
0: most of my communication actually happens, and then I, totally I get once a day email uh check check. So,
1: yeah, totally good. Jeremiah Prummer, ladies and gentlemen. Jeremiah, this was super fun. Yeah. Very insightful. Uh, we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Really appreciate you. Thanks. Awesome. And as always, thank you for tuning in. We'd love to hear your feedback. What would you like to hear more of on the podcast? And hey, check out NoCommerce. Check out Jeremiah. Worth the follow. You got to dig in. I believe this is one of those uh, next phases, next steps of growth for D2C brands is getting these deep customer insights that I think only surveys can unlock. So check it out. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening.